Hello, storytellers. That's right, you are a storyteller. Each of us is, and we need to be, because story is how we connect, and your story is how you stand out. Welcome to the Story Maven podcast. I'm Alice Fairfax, your host. I was a Walt Disney World performer for over 20 years, and what I know from being an improv storyteller is that you can increase your impact and grow your audience by telling a great story. I love working with nonprofits and small businesses because I know how overwhelming it can be to run your business, manage your life, and then have to get into a creative zone so you can sit down and write weekly emails. So if you're overwhelmed by your social media calendar or dealing with pre-speech jitters, I can help. Take a listen to the Story Maven podcast where we meet great storytellers who share their secrets with us and then visit alicefairfax.com for more tools to help you with storytelling success. You're absolutely right. It's how often are you invited into a conversation or a meeting or a platform where the host says, all we want you to do is listen. And then we want you to tell us how you feel. This month's guest on the Story Maven podcast is Ashley Van, president of Van Strategies and founder of the Victory Cup Initiative. Ashley is dedicated to promoting the work of nonprofit organizations in the Central Florida community. Her passion for uniting donors with the causes they care about has sparked her idea for the inaugural Victory Cup. She believes that when you hear someone else's story, it can change your perspective for the rest of your life. I work with the Victory Cup Initiative as the story coach, and we give 10 nonprofit executive directors the storytelling skills that help them share the impact of their organization. In this episode, you'll hear exactly what the Victory Cup is, how Ashley raises money for it, and how much we gave away this year. Ashley and I talk about our behind-the-scenes experience of making sure that nonprofits get noticed by telling their stories. So let's meet Ashley Van. It's, I always consider it my biggest week of the year. Um, and I want, I know for you it is. Um, <laughs> so, so I guess, explain, why don't you explain the Victory Cup? And then we'll talk about how you came upon it. Okay. Explain the Victory Cup. It's very difficult to explain because it's, it's the ultimate goodwill event. You know, the Victory Cup was created to connect people in the for-profit sector to the nonprofit leaders in our community. We did a big report last year or a, a big uh, experiment with Rollins trying to kind of identify exactly what it is that we do. And what we came up with is the Victory Cup Initiative invests in the social capital of a community. So we are trying to build bridges between the nonprofit sector, like I just said, in the for-profit sector through communication and sharing one story. And then I person, personally believe that when you hear someone else's story, it can change your perspective for the rest of your life. And so the Victory Cup is a, um, it's an initiative because it goes on for longer than just one breakfast. It culminates in one breakfast. But the Victory Cup is a season of working alongside nonprofit organizations and helping them hone their storytelling skills so that they can share the impact of their organization in a very efficient, articulate way 
so that they can continue to attract other people, caring neighbors to participate in their work. That is beautifully said. Um, that, that speaks to really the tone of what the Victory Cup is, the purpose and what it achieves. The event itself is usually um, a live event. This year it was a hybrid of live and video. And it's, do we usually do 10 or 12 nonprofits or? 10 nonprofits are, so we invite 10 nonprofit organizations to share their story of impact in two and a half minutes. And we invite them to do that in front of, in front of a room full of community champions and business leaders. And typically in the past three years, there's been at least 500 people in the room this last year. I mean, this last week, we know that there were over 500 people watching and they watch all 10 nonprofits share their stories. And then everyone in the audience is invited to vote as to how we will give away the prize money or the financial awards. And then during the one hour event, we do give away at least this year, $52,000 to 10 different nonprofit organizations. Yeah. Um, we were really excited because the day after this year's event, we were able to help steward an additional $32,000 to be given away among the 10 different nonprofit organizations. So it ends up being one of the biggest days of giving. I would have to argue in um, in the, the state of Florida, if not maybe the Southeast, for, because we do give unrestricted funds. We do not, um, the nonprofit organizations do not have to report back to us how they use the money that they win. Right, it's a true gift. Um, and I love that it's called an initiative um, because it has the look and feel of a competition on the day of, and I always talk with, um, the nonprofits about that, that that is, you know, essentially, it's a, it's essentially a storytelling device. It creates, um, it creates the drama and the excitement um, that leads to that climactic moment of who's going to get the top prize. But the reality is every single nonprofit gets a thousand dollars for participating. And then mm -hmm. The top prize is uh, usually twenty thousand. Second mm -hmm. prize is fifteen thousand, and third prize is ten thousand um, dollars. But the real prize, and this is what I always uh, talk with about the nonprofits, the ten that we work with, um, is the connection and getting to meet these community leaders, getting to meet these um, corporate donors and individual donors and tell their story and share it in a way that, um, that they wouldn't normally get that platform. It is creating a platform for them for that moment. Yeah, it's, it can be a little bit complicated for the Victory Cup for us to share our impact and what we're doing in the community. But really when the Victory Cup succeeds, Central Florida wins. And we, we really look at that there are four pillars to what our organization does. One, we work with this amazing storytelling maven, Alice, what? who coaches the nonprofits and really gets them feeling really comfortable and helps them center on their why and who they are and why they believe in this organization and what this organization does. So um, she does a fantastic job of really coaching the nonprofits to learn how to tell their story better. Two, we um, 
we create an atmosphere of collaboration among the nonprofit organizations. Alice, you're a big part of this, but we really try to invest in every step of the way to make sure that the nonprofits, though it is a competition, it's we're really trying to create a camaraderie among them because I believe that there are enough resources in this community for everyone. And that the more that we collaborate and communicate with each other, the stronger that we're really gonna be because nonprofit organizations operate on extremely limited resources. And there are a lot of limitations to that keep nonprofits from acting like corporations. For one, everything we do and say has to be reported and be completely transparent to the public. And um, so we really work to create a camaraderie among the nonprofits and so that they will continue to lean on each other as they move forward and they, they leave our program. Just like any CEO or leader, it's lonely at the top. And these nonprofit executive directors and development directors, they feel the same way. The third piece of the Victory Cup is we raise all the financial awards before the event. And so we have a team that does that. And so there is not an ask at the breakfast. We do not ask for any of our guests to, to make a donation. And the audience members are voting and they're casting their votes and they're giving away the $52,000. Most of them haven't written a check. And so we're really trying to inspire the feeling of generosity. They are personally, they haven't met that organization that really just um, is something that they identify with. If my father is my father is is going through Alzheimer's, so for the first time, an Alzheimer's organization really means a lot to me. When my children were small and I first started having children and babies, foster children and the, and and those types of organizations were very important to me. So um, I think we're really trying to inspire this this energy and this atmosphere of generosity and giving. And, and many, many times the Victory Cup is the very first time people have that experience of being a part of giving away a large sum of money. Um, and the fourth element is really just about making a super exciting experience for everybody and just keeping everyone engaged in what's really going on in our community and what's really going on in Central Florida. And at the end of the day, people feel inspired and excited to hear about these heroes and these champions who are doing the hard work in the nonprofit sector. That's so true. It's such a great event. It's such an inspiring event. And I hadn't thought about it that way, that part of the reason it is, is because there's not an ask that you're, there's no demand that they give money, but the demand is that they participate really. That's the ask is that they get to participate they listen to these stories one right after the other. I mean, that is the bulk of the program. One nonprofit gets up, gives their two minute and 30 second story, then the next one goes off, then they go off and then the next one comes up and it's just hanky after hanky after hanky <laughs> <laughs> that you experience. Um, but I hadn't thought about it that way, that really you're training them to participate by, by using the voting you're training them to respond and that's really terrific. I hadn't thought about it that way. Funny. Well, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. It's how often are you invited into a conversation or a meeting or a platform where the host says, all we want you to do is listen. And then we want you to tell us how you feel. 
<laughs> and that's exactly what we do. We want you to listen to the 10 nonprofit organizations and then we want you to vote. And it's it's really exciting. And it, it's, it's I mean, the stakes are high and, and the, mm -hmm. the finalists are nervous and it's good to be nervous, but they all do such a great job. And I think this year we really, um, because we had a video portion of it, which we were not used to having, um, one of my big takeaways is that authenticity wins and that if you do mess up or you do, you know, say the statistic incorrectly or you stall to think that for what you are, you lose your train of thought for a millisecond, it, it doesn't hinder the message. It still comes through, especially when your heart is in the work that you do. Yeah. Yeah. It was such an authentic experience. Uh, it, it always is, but in a live event, you, you are in the um, energy of a live event as an audience member. Um, and this, you were really watching because you were watching them close up, their face close up. Tell, tell me about how you came upon this idea and, and your story as uh, someone who is a giver and then wanted to bring that into this event? Well, I, I am a woman of faith and my faith guides me. I, I, hopefully my faith guides me every day and everything that I do. Um, and so I know that I've done nothing to deserve the blessings that I have in my life. I have a fantastic father who I have a great relationship with. I live in a beautiful community. Um, I've been blessed with a great husband. We've been married for 18 years. I have three children. I'm the youngest of five. I've been blessed with the gift of brothers and sisters, which is such a wonderful gift. I've been blessed with the gift of a great stepmom. You know, divorce can be okay. It, it can work out, you know, for the, for good. And so I really feel like I want I strive to kind of connect others to realizing the blessings that they have. And so take that with, um, I do have a love for generosity and I'm lucky because I grew up in a family where we always talked about money. We always talked about how much things cost. Um, we pride ourselves on knowing a good bottle of wine red, white, Prosecco, Cabernet, Sauvignon Blanc for $10 or less, we, we, can, we can steer you in the right direction. And because my father always talked to us about money and just about how much things cost and how much money did we have in our wallet and how much was the Slurpee at the 7-Eleven, I feel very comfortable talking to people about money and about generosity and about giving. I think money is one of the most complicated relationships that people have throughout their lives. And so when you can really connect people to the gift and the joy of generosity, they really walk away so much better and so much more empowered and enlightened than anyone who's actually receiving the gift. And so kind of take that background of who I am and my belief in generosity and uh, when I was 20 some odd years old, well, I, I think I did my first fundraiser in high school. I did a, a diaper drive and we, for frontline outreach, which is still going strong yeah. today. It's still a viable organization over in the 32805 zip code area. And, and they, at the time, they really focus on providing support for pregnant teens. And we, we, you know, I went to an all 
predominantly white high school. We raised diapers and wipes. And I remember driving them over and dropping them off and all the kids being so helpful and wonderful and the leader of the organization being so warm and friendly. And I felt so good. And I remember driving away thinking, why didn't I bring more people to see what's really going on over at Frontline Outreach? Because it made me forever love this organization and want to support this organization. And then in my 20s, I did another fundraiser. I did the Boston, New York AIDS ride. And I had to raise $1,500 at that time. And that was a, a tremendous amount of money for me to raise. And I remember all I would do is tell people I'm raising money for AIDS research and the different responses I would get. People who were driving Range Rovers and wearing Rolex watches would say, oh, that's great. And other people would say, oh, I, I'd love to give you $25 or would you would you be open to a hundred dollar donation and it was those people and, and connecting to them that I could see their heart and I could see how I could just just being able to connect with them and them being able to financially support my mission at any level was just so exciting and so engaging and then from there I went on to work at Merrill Lynch as a financial planner and and there I I learned um, how to professionally ask people for money, and I was able to work with one of the most successful financial planners, actually, at this time in Maryland. She's actually one of the, the top financial brokers that they have in the world, and I learned from him how important it was to be able to tell a story and share a story of meaningful impact, and that if you just kind of share a story and share what it is that you're that you want to accomplish, people will they'll either say, hey, I want to be invited into your journey or they won't and, it, and nobody wins and nobody loses, but it's just a really clear and concise way to tell people what you're all about. And the seven years that I was with Merrill Lynch and I was working with this leader there, we actually told the same story every time we met with someone, no matter how much money he or she had, no matter what their background was, it was always the same story because it did such a phenomenal job of sharing our investment philosophy and, and why we did the work that we do. So from there, I went on to loving generosity and loving storytelling. And then I took a couple of classes when I moved, finally years later, moved back here to Winter Park with my family. And I started taking classes at the Edith Bush Institute, which is a phenomenal resource here in Central Florida. And I would sit in these classrooms with like, you know, 10 to 11 to 12 different nonprofit leaders. And the teacher would always instruct us to introduce ourselves at the beginning of the programs. And people would say, they would share, you know, I'm so-and-so and I'm here because I'm really passionate about mental health issues with veterans. And someone else would say, I'm here and I'm really passionate about helping, um, you know, children with disabilities, you know, have access to really fun, you know, physical experiences and just story after story, experience after experience, I realized that there was a big divide between the people who are doing the nonprofit work and serving you know, children and families and, and individuals who are suffering. And then the people who are out there making the money and living their lives and building businesses and building their empires. And we needed to create a really exciting way to bring those people together because they did wanna hear about each other. The nonprofit leaders, they do wanna network with the for-profit leaders, yes, to raise financial support, but also to build out their business acumen and to be better and stronger business organizations. And then the, and then the for-profit individuals, they wanna further engage with their community. They wanna feel needed at a much deeper level than, than just through their job. And they wanna hear about what's going on in the community and, and how they um, can connect. And so, that's a very long answer to say that's how we came up with the idea of the Victory Cup initiative. What if we had an event and we invited 10 nonprofit people in 
in front of a big group of for-profit people and they shared their stories and everyone voted. And, um, and I do believe in the Holy Spirit and I believe that we invite the Holy Spirit into the room to transform the people and to, and to just kind of bring them, you know, in, like I said, it, to uh, raise their enlightenment about what's really going on in the community. I think people wanna get involved and get engaged, but I really do in my heart believe that a lot of times they just don't know who or how. Tell me about that first time you um, kind of formed the Victory Cup uh, initiative idea. And I know you shared it, I think maybe first with your dad. And what was that experience like of having this idea and, oh, is this gonna work? And then uh, forming it and telling that story and pitching it yourself. Oh, uh, well, you know, it, it's so nice to tell the story in hindsight, but at the time it was a very <laughs> stressful year. And I knew that I wanted to do this event. And I remember sharing the idea with my dad in, in his driveway. And I said, what do you think if we did this event? We had 20 people. And after I shared it with him at the time, he was 75 years old. And he said, well, I just don't think people have the attention span to listen to 20 people talk. So we said, oh, okay, good idea. Well, let's make it 10 people. And then from there, I just started pitching this idea. I would call people to have coffee or breakfast or lunch. And I would say, hey, what do you think if we host this event and we invite 10 nonprofits to share their, their stories of impact? And then I would say, if we were to do that, would you buy a table at the event? If the table was $500, would you buy a table? And some people would say, yes. Most people would say, no, but it's a great idea. Maybe you should go talk to this person. And then I would go and I would talk to whoever they would recommend I would talk to. I would call that person and say, hi, this is Ashley Bean. Can I talk to you about this idea that I have? And uh, I think throughout that year, we went back and we counted and I ended up meeting with 88 people the very first year. We did our event at the the Winter Park Community Center. We had 262 people in the room. And that year, we, our first year, we gave away $42,000. And it was so exciting because the resounding themes from, there are two resounding themes from that very first event. And the first theme was, now we know what you're talking about. Now we get it. And then the second resounding theme was, that person on the stage was telling my story. Mm. There's really something about that. I mean, we talk about that uh, in the storytelling workshops is that painting that picture, um, helping them to see it, that once they see it, once somebody experiences it, then they get it. And that is really what happens during the event is that people get up and two minutes and 30 seconds on the one hand, it seems like, oh, that is too short of a time. But boy, when they're working on it, that seems like forever <laughs> to them. Um, but learning how to paint that picture so that they can paint a picture for the people in the room so that they can see it, so that they can experience it um, and, and that it makes all the difference in the world. It really does. And for a nonprofit organization, it's so important for them to be able to create sound bites and phrases that anyone involved in their organization can replicate. Board members can repeat it, volunteers can repeat it, employees can repeat it, excuse me, employees can repeat it. And I love it when I hear those sound bites. From the very first year, in eight, I remember the Adult Literacy League said, if you cannot read, you cannot fill out a job application. And I was like, that's it. I remember when our 24-year-old paraplegic was on the stage in her wheelchair and she said, there are hundreds of gyms in this town and there isn't one gym for someone like me. 
And she'd been a lifetime athlete who, who was injured in a car accident. Of course, she wanted to continue to build her body and strengthen her body and exercise. And um, I mean, there are so many great uh, lines. And I just remember when, uh, do you remember when Nicole Warren plays and she said, even though, I can't remember the name of the child that she referenced, but she said, even though he's only lifting himself out of his wheelchair three or four inches during our dance class, to him in his mind, when he hears the music, he is leaping across the stage. And just really beautiful, beautiful moments where, like I said, you can really change someone's perspective uh, for the rest of their life. I think that's a really key component of the Victory Cup, because exactly what you said, it really isn't uh, typical in terms of fundraising or gifting. It's not just handing out a check. It's it's this, you've used the word alongside several times. Um, and the the excitement for me about the about the coaching time and the workshop time is really giving them, I, I make it two goals. One, of course, is to help them hone this particular story and find their authentic voice in that. Because part of what happens is when you're with an organization, you kind of adopt an organizational tone sometimes, but you need to be you in this moment. And some of the um, organizations send a board member instead of the executive director. And some of them, it's the executive director or some of them, it's the marketing person. They send a different person. Some of them are, are um, I'm, I think it's Deidre was from Elevate Orlando and she was um, a recipient. She was so young at the time. I think she was 18 or 19 and it's a, a high school mentoring program, uh, Elevate Orlando. It is. really has changed her. And what was so great about it I don't think Alice, you and I ever even thought about this is I have heard her say over and over again to groups of people, I won $5,000 for my company in two minutes. And that, I mean, that for a 25 year old woman to say that and be so proud and beaming from ear to ear, I won $5,000 for my company in two minutes. She says, if I can do that, you can do anything. It's, and she says that kind of stuff to people. It's just so exciting. And I don't think we really thought about that aspect of yeah. her journey. Yeah. And I think that's true for everyone. It's a life-changing experience. When you get up and speak, that has... Uh, it has such an impact on you. I mean, it really is. It is the biggest, the number one fear um, for people. And so overcoming that fear for yourself, even for these um, nonprofits, these executive directors that do it all the time, there is still something about this, about telling their story in two minutes and 30 seconds at this corporate breakfast with other nonprofits that even the ones that think, oh, I've got this, I know how to do this, I do, I speak all the time. There is a terror that sets in for them that they have to overcome and it, it is transformational. Um, and so we talk about well, that. Yeah, I do wanna, I kinda wanna add on to what you're saying is, you know, the best salespeople in the world still need sales training. And yes. How many times do we have people come into the competition and they say, oh, I speak all the time. I know how to do this. And I think to myself, even if you're the best speaker in the whole wide world, you always need to be sharpening your tools and you always need to be in a space where you're getting positive coaching and positive feedback. And that's one thing that I feel like you do, Alice, so well is 
you really make the entire, there is no one messes up. Everyone's just on their journey to be a better presenter. And I I also want to add in the phrase presenter because it's not always just Mm -hmm. about telling your story. Because I think you do more than that too. You you teach them about, you know, their stance and their positioning on the stage and their body language and their tone. And one of the things that I think that you do that's the most important that's that we have to remind them to do is even just exercising their voice and their throat right before they go on and, and how that really changes their authority and their stance and their confidence. And um, and it's, it's you just always have to be, no matter how good you think you are, you owe it to your constituents and the people that you serve to always strive to be a better presenter. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we really put them through their paces. And then that, that first workshop, we usually have three people from the organization, one who's going to be the speaker and then two others um, come and participate. So sometimes a board member will come and um, along with the executive director. And um, it, it always is really great because they all get this same training And one of the goals for me is to make the training in such a way that it's tools they can take back. Yeah, and I think it's important that we do have three people because typically they've identified who the speaker is at that point. And while you're coaching the speaker, we also, they're all, their teammates are listening. They're the ones who are listening to Alice. They're the ones who are taking your feedback back to the office to share with the team. And I feel like, then we hear for the next week or month or months, they go, remember when Alice said this? Remember <laughs> when Alice said that? But when you're the one being coached, you're not always able to yeah. listen and hear the, the really good feedback. And so- Sometimes you're just, you're just so nervous and that, we can't say enough about that. It is nerve wracking to get up and speak. And especially when $5,000 is on the line, $20,000 is on the line um, and you feel that, that pressure, um, it, it brings this whole different level to it. And, um, but, but how many times have we heard a presenter stand up in the workshop and they start talking and then we hear something beautiful come out of their mouths that's so thin, authentic and rich and real and you say, stop right there. That's what we want to hear from you. And then they'll be like, I don't even remember what I just said. And we're like, exactly. You were just being you. And, and then their teammate is like, yes, it sounded so great. And then we're really getting to the heartbeat of who they are. And then, yeah. and then I feel like that's really great because then you always have to go back and share. This is what you just said. And this is why it was so good. And um, and then they don't ever have to remember it, right? Because right. it was who they, that was how they were feeling. And so you don't yeah. have to, you're not memorizing a script. You're just like, oh, Alice is encouraging me to share this part of the story when this happened. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's between the nonprofits and what your experience with that is. Yeah, it's, it's really beautiful um, because they are leaders who put, put themselves out there, right? And, and they're not working for the paycheck. They're working because they really want to make a difference or serve someone. And so I remember the second year, we typically interview them six months after our program concludes, we interview them. And I remember one of the executive directors saying, it's really lonely being an executive director. And I'm just so happy to now have other leaders in in my field that I can talk to and bounce ideas off of and call when I'm having a bad day. So, So that's been really powerful. Another piece that you're, you're making me think about is 
when storytelling is done really well, it heals. And it, and I think Alice, you and I have seen time and time again, where the person who is telling the story actually goes through this period of healing by being able to share their story and what they experience. And I think that's been really beautiful. And then I think, especially this last, this, our, this last cohort, I know there were some, some specific examples where when the, the finalists were sharing their stories, we saw audience members identify directly with the shared experience. And then I, I felt like we were, that was a part of their own healing process is for the people who are listening to say, I'm not alone. This mm -hmm. is happening to other people in my community or as a mother, we shared the same experience or we, we got the same phone call. And um, so I think the growing of learning how to tell your story is a very, is a unifying um, energy in the room. I think the healing that they all go through of, you know, being able to tell their story and kind of go through their life experience, this life experience together is extremely powerful. And um, we have an alumni network, we get together we were getting together twice a year. Um, unfortunately, last year we didn't get together for our second gathering because of of COVID. Um, we have we are doing another event this this April, uh, or I think it's actually in May. We're gonna, we're going to do a virtual event, even though I really feel like people are ready to gather in person again. But um, the camaraderie of the foundations is a really powerful tool. And, and that's kind of probably one of my big takeaways at Victory Cup this year is that we are a convener of nonprofits. And, um, and who knew that that's what teaching people about telling their stories and sharing stories would make us. But that's really what storytelling is, right? It, it brings people together and it, it helps everyone experience something together. It, it literally is a connection. Um, that is the purpose of storytelling. And, and as we, as I learn more about it and, and have shared with you and, and share with them, it is, um, I mean, it's neuroscience. Story connects. Um, just information makes people think, oh, that doesn't apply to me. The minute you put it in a context of a story, oh, that applies to me. Um, and so it's always exciting to see them uh, grab hold of that and grab hold of the, uh, the way their particular story connects. Mm -hmm. So, so what's next for the victory cup? We don't, we don't know what it'll look like next year, but we have high hopes and <clears throat> this is what I, year is this? This is year number six. And I think we've learned that we want to continue to convene the nonprofits, but that we also have a lot of expertise within our group of nonprofits. And so maybe we can be the convener, but just sit back and let them be the experts and let them share what they know, right, with each other. And um, we can maybe continue to create exciting platforms for them to be able to get together and grow. Mm -hmm. But that really just hearing from each other is really powerful. And I feel like that's kind of where we are right now, giving them a, a safe space to share and learn and, and just be better and continue to serve Central Florida. They're, they're amazing. If, if you are not involved in a nonprofit or you, you're not giving somewhere right now, or you wanna volunteer some now, or you wanna learn, you wanna try to figure out what resonates with you and your family and your children, um, you know, 
reach out to the Victory Cup Initiative, reach out to our website. I think it's info at victorycupinitiative.org. We can have a conversation and just try to connect you with groups that you might might really resonate with who you are or who you want to be. And um, we're really just passionate about inspiring excellence in our community in Central Florida, one story at a time. And we would love to have you be a part of it. And so get ready next October, get your application in, get ready to um, volunteer to be a community evaluator, um, get ready to come to the breakfast and buy a table and support. Um, yes. So between, between now. <laughs> yes, thank you, Alice. Those are all March good, 2021. launching points. Yes. Thanks for listening to the Story Maven podcast. Be sure to visit alicefairfax.com slash episodes for my Story Maven takeaways from this episode. You'll find other free resources to help you master your storytelling. If you want to find out more about Theron Skis, you can visit his website at designerscreativestudio.com. I'll have a link to that at my website on the show notes page, alicefairfax.com slash episodes, or you can look him up by his name, Theron Skees, T-H-E-R-O-N-S-K-E-E-S. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for listening to the Story Maven podcast. Be sure to subscribe to and rate and review this podcast. Thank you to Emmett Fenn for the music Global from YouTube Music.